to FRM it is just um, a real a real privilege um, to um, be with you here um, this morning. Um, it's 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 great instead of being a, a Londoner living in Birmingham. It's lovely to hear that um, North London is still a foreign country. <laughs> Come on, South London! I absolutely love it. So it's just really really good to to be um, here this morning. What I want to do at the start of our um, time together is perhaps play a DVD, um, which would just give you a sense of what TLG is all about. So do give your attention to the screen, and um, we're going we're gonna to play the DVD. Um, is it better that I just give you a chance to get it together, or is it OK? It's all right. Fantastic. So just give your attention to the screen, and we're going to play a short DVD. Thank you. It's a sweet one, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. We all like cartoons, don't we? No matter how old we are, I still, I still find myself wanting to switch on to CBBCs. I want to read a portion of scripture, and I think it's um, going to strike a chord in terms of your current journey, um, particularly in this um, season of prayer and fasting that I know that you've been in as a church. Um, I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 58, and I'm going to read from verse 5 through to 12, and the words are on the screen. I'm reading from the NIV. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for one's bowing, bowing one's head like a reed, and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? 
Is not this the kind of fast I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry when you see the naked to clothe them? Not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be recalled repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. Let me read that last point again. You will be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. I know that these words this morning will strike a chord with you all here today. And it's a real sense in which I've just picked up your heart, your heart for this community, your heart to make a spiritual difference in the lives of those that live in this community of, um, of South London and particularly here in Lewisham, um, but also um, to make a practical uh, um, uh, input into their lives through the different issues that people are facing. I love these words because they speak to us of the, the key and the uh, the important meaning of fasting. But it's not just about our time with God. It's not just about Jesus and me. But it's about also looking up and looking out and seeing those around us in need as our brothers and as our sisters. The question, am I my brother's keeper, is clearly answered in this scripture. Yes, I am my brother's keeper. Yes, I am my sister's keeper. And so for me, I love these verses because it brings together our personal spirituality, but also a sense of social responsibility for our community as well. And those two things were never meant to be separate. They were always meant to be as one. They were always meant to be integral. Reading James chapter 2, where he says, faith without works is dead. James put that one to bed 2,000 years ago. I always wonder why we're still having the discussion. God wants us to be practical. 
and spiritual all at the same time. So I'm constantly asking myself the question this. How do we speak and preach the gospel in a way that leads us to follow it up with action? And how does our social action open up opportunity and possibility for us to share our faith with credibility? Sometimes when I'm not speaking out and perhaps after I've finished um, leading my own church, I often... Um, just take some time and watch songs of praise. And, and I particularly love it when the church has been doing some stuff in the community, whether it's in the Lake District or in Somerset, helping people um, who have been flooded out in their homes. Or a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to the Pentecostal Credit Union and how they were helping young people actually in South London um, with their money management. I love to see the church doing practical stuff that changes people's lives. And this, these verses are definitely a call to that. Firstly, I believe these verses are a call to social justice. Verse 6 says this, to loose the chains of injustice, to un do the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free. I believe that that's what we're doing here by setting up a TLG. I believe that that's what you're doing here in the, the barley loaves. You are seeking to make a difference. When I read the ministry of Jesus, I realize that Jesus was concerned about justice in his day. He was concerned by the way the Pharisees had created this religious system that was basically about keeping people in their place. It was basically about saying to the community, know your place, we'll keep you under the thumb, just do what we tell you, stay quiet, we're in charge. And when Jesus came along, he was the people's rabbi and he had some serious, harsh words to say to the Pharisees. But the ordinary, everyday person, well, they could not get enough of Jesus. And that's why they gathered in great crowds over on a hill and said, when they heard Jesus' voice, no one has ever spoken to us like this man. I long for the church to have that kind of credibility again. I believe our credibility is increasing. I really do. I think there's been a step change in the last 15 years. No longer do people say, well, the church is good for nothing. Because who's running our food banks? Guess what? It's the church. It's not local government. When young people are getting thrown out of school, who is stepping into the gap? Well, you know better than anyone. It's the church. In the night economy, when people are getting drunk and, and they're finding themselves in trouble, who's walking the streets as volunteers? Well, it's street pastors. It's the church again in action. Things have changed, but we've got so much more to do. But when we speak about justice, we're speaking more than just about our action. We're speaking also about dealing with with some of the systemic issues that are affecting people's lives. 
It's not just enough to send an ambulance to the bottom of the cliff. At some point, you've got to go to the top of the cliff and erect a fence to stop people falling down in the first place. And it's not just enough to pull people out of the water. At some point, you've got to go upstream and find out who's pushing them in and why they are finding themselves in a position where they are drowning in life. And when I look at some of the institutions of our day, I think, my goodness, they are full of sin. Perhaps not personal sin, but systemic sin. Because you see, sin comes in a number of forms. It comes definitely in the, the personal form. At 14 and a half years old, I had to give my life to Jesus because guess what? I had to own and take responsibility for the wrong in my life. And when I did that, Jesus came in and he changed and transformed me. But I want to tell you that principalities and powers operate. And they don't just operate up there. Do you know what I mean? Somewhere in the sky beyond the rainbow. They operate right here. They're operating in some of the systems of the day. The banking system has come in for a lot of criticism. The loan shark industry holding whole communities in serious debt so that people are so indebted, it's almost like they become slaves. And those are obvious candidates. The police force. We know that lots have been said and, and, and lots of concern about the police force in, in the past and, and even in the present. But what about the education system? Well, let me give you some statistics. Something like 5,000 young people and children are permanently excluded from school still each year in the UK. Over a quarter of a million fixed-term exclusions are given to children and young people in this country. Now, I don't know about you, but that fills my heart with sadness. Because you know and I know that when a child is excluded from school, they don't go up to their bedroom, sit down on the PlayStation, do you know what I mean, and play PlayStation games all day. No. They're found out on the streets in the afternoon, perhaps with older kids, perhaps with negative peer groups. They get known to social services, they get known to the police. And if there is not an intervention, what can end up happening is, is that they get arrested time and time again, and in the end, they end up in the secure estate. And so I want you to understand that when you open the school here in Lewisham, guess what? When you open a school, you close a prison door. My friends, I want to say that you have made a significant impact in this community for only heaven will count the value of. You will have no idea how many young people you save from the prison door and ultimately from death. And so I want to encourage you because early intervention is justice. Giving someone a chance before things get worse is all about justice. When I read that over 50% of prisoners, in fact, it's much more than that, minimum 50% of prisoners were excluded 
from school, I realise the work that we're doing in partnership between TLG and the church is absolutely vital for justice for this generation that is rising. But we also have a mandate to social action, not just to justice. Verse 7 speaks about us sharing our food with the hungry, giving shelter to the homeless and providing for the poor. Do you know, the TLG story is a really interesting story. Um, just it's, it's a group of, of people, of volunteers who were working in the local community. They opened a community kind of um, burger kind of joint and the kids would come on a Friday and they'd eat their burger and they'd attend youth club and they'd come on a Saturday night and do the same. On a Sunday, they would be throwing stones at the window of the church while the service was going. And everyone at the end of Sunday night would breathe a sigh of relief and go, well, they're going to school on Monday. Except they weren't. Lots of them were not in school. And, and actually, what we found was that many of them were more and more disengaging. One of the, the kids that we first worked with was a, was a guy called Terry. And Terry would kind of go to school in the morning by kind of break time. He was already in detention. By lunchtime, something had happened. And actually, he had often been sent home. And so TLG just began to work with those kids in the local neighborhood. There was no blueprint as to how you did alternative provision. We just rolled up our sleeve, as the church often did, and tried our best to make a difference. And what happened was is that the local council in Bradford then in, in Yorkshire got, got hold of what we were doing and said, we've got loads of kids like this. Can we send them to you? And that was the beginning of TLG. And then probably about seven years ago, we asked ourselves the question after we'd kind of rolled out loads and loads of kind of alternative provision around the country. We just asked ourselves the question, why are we waiting till children are teenagers before we work with them? What about doing something early? And so we started early intervention. And uh, that was just about working with churches, training up coaches to go into their local schools to do an hour of coaching with children who were struggling to thrive in mainstream school. What a difference that has made to so many lives. Today, we have about 60 centres that are working around the UK on early intervention. And we have about 14 um, alternative provision schools. And I look at that and I say, praise God. We're stepping into the shoes of others. We are acting as people have acted in the past. This is nothing new. It was really interesting. I was reading um, a few months ago um, about a guy in Portsmouth um, who actually started what were known as the, the ragged schools. And um, it was really interesting to read the reason. The guy who started it, actually, he was a disabled guy. I think he was a cobbler. He saw kind of kids who were just running around on the street and and, 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 and realised that he had to do something, and he started to do something. It was the start of what became the ragged school movement. But actually, when you read what he did, he talked about doing reading, writing, and arithmetic and a religious education. And I thought, 
oh my goodness, that sounds really, really familiar. That sounds like what TLG did. He started that 200 years ago. My friends, 200 years ago, it was the church who was starting our hospitals. It was the church who was starting our schools. It was the Salvation Army um, in the late 1890s that actually was the first social service provider. Even when you look at our probation service, guess what? Guess who started our probation service? It was started by Christians. It was started by the church. Friends, we need to step into the shoes of others. We need to step up to the mandate that God has given us. And I think in these moments where the state has just been rolled back, cuts here, there and everywhere, I'm not in agreement with any of that. I wish that wasn't happening. Genuinely, I do. But there is an opportunity for the church to step into the back and to preach good news and to be good news to those who are in need. God calls us to action. But finally, he calls us to social care, calls us to social justice, calls us to social action. Finally, he calls us to social care. Verse 10a, it says, And if you spend yourself on the behalf of the hungry and satisfy the need of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. It's that phrase, spend yourself, that really, really grips me. This isn't about just doing stuff. This is actually about loving people. And I think that lots and lots of people who kind of perhaps go and they get services from different agencies and sometimes find themselves pushed from pillar to post. A lot of people would say, do you know what the thing that's lacking in many service provision is actually that word love. And you know what? We have been loved with the love of God, that unconditional higher love, that agape higher love. And God has called us to demonstrate that and to show that to each and every person we engage with in our community and in the world today. Just for um, an afternoon on a Friday, I am a, um, I, I'm a chaplain in a medium secure um, mental health clinic um, for, for, for young guys. And um, we did a campaign about a year ago um, called Hello My Name Is, because so often doctors and nurses and psychiatrists, etc., in, in the provision, they would see people, but, but the, the guys wouldn't even know who they were talking to. And, and so there was this real move to kind of be much more personal. And for the first time when we were discussing it, I began to hear the word love being mentioned. I'd never heard that before in a, a public service setting. And actually, when I looked and I saw the people mention it, actually some of them were people who I knew were Christians. And, and actually that influence was beginning to get in to our public services. But much more the church. What a place to bring people. I love the church because there is a sense of belonging that people feel. That there's a, a need for love and a need to really connect with people that people have, that they miss in the world. And we as a church can be that. 
I love the African principle of Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Which is this, simply this. I, you know, we are, I am because we are. Not the individualism that has been kind of touted to us for the last 40 years. But that sense of we are incomplete unless we are walking this journey together. And that principle comes out in that lovely African proverb. It takes a whole village to raise a child. My friends, this village, this church can be a great place. It is a great place where children and young people can come and can find a home and can find many fathers and many mothers, many brothers, many sisters and good peers. I think that was the attraction of the church in Acts chapter 2. When you read from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, you realise that not only was the Holy Spirit at work, but there was something about the way these guys loved each other that just drew people in. And the authorities of the day did not ha know how to deal with it. It was this, this, this subversive movement that was changing and transforming the city of Jerusalem and beyond. May God help us to function in that way. May God remind us of Jesus' words in Matthew 25, that what we do for others, we do unto the Lord. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. When I was sick, you looked after me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. When did we do these things to you, Lord? As much as you did them to the least of these as mine, you did them on to me. And it's when we do that that we can say, as it does in the second part of verse 10, then our light will shine in the darkness. Then, as it says in verse 12, we become the repairer of broken walls and the restorer of streets with your dwellings. I'm simply here to say, keep doing what you're doing. And if you want to get involved, think about getting involved. I know that the, the church is looking at early intervention. I know also they're looking at after school clubs as well, on top of what you're already doing. God is seeking to use this church as a beacon of light in this community. And so just to, to finish, um, just to say that you might be here and thinking, well, this is great. How, how can I help? Well, I think there's two or three ways in which you can help. Firstly, can you pray? Can you pray for the staff team here? It's not easy. It's not easy to work with children who haven't been thriving in school. It takes a long time to build their trust, to build their confidence. It takes time to get them to settle back down into their education. So please, please, please pray for the staff team and also the volunteers as well. And perhaps you're here and you're thinking, well, you know, maybe I've got, you know, a little bit of time that I could give to the centre. And that may be you. Please go and see the centre manager. I know that they would be more than happy 
to have you perhaps come in and, and spend some time with, with, with children during lunchtime or perhaps, you know, breakfast time. Um, you know, whatever it is, perhaps after school clubs. So just think about how you can help um, and, and have that conversation. Secondly, we'd love to keep you in touch with, your, with our journey. And on your seat, you'll find um, this kind of little um, leaflet. It's called Hope and a Future, which is um, really our mantra. Um, we seek to give children and young people and their families a hope and a future. And if, if you'd like to stay in touch with our journey, just fill out your name and address, kind of um, email, telephone number, and we'll mail you out four times a year a newsletter that tells you a little bit more about kind of what we do. And if you do that, I'm going to be over there at the table just under the speaker over there. We would love to give you this book for free. It's called Out of the Ordinary, and it's the story of TLG. And I'd love to give you that book for free, and you can take away, and you will find this inspiring. I was speaking at a church last week in Camberley in Surrey, and... Um, the pastor read this book, and it completely transformed his pastoral ministry. It was in, um, in a, a, an Anglican church, um, uh, uh, St. Mary's. He read the book, and it completely transformed his ministry, and he gave testimony of that to his own congregation last week. So I know that you'll find that inspiring. And then just finally, uh, I want to say that, you know, um, uh, before I... Talk about if you want to make a donation. I want to say this, is that your first responsibility is to give to this church. And I kind of want to kind of underline that. I'm a local church pastor. And it's really important that you continue to give faithfully to this church. But if as part of your own commitment to charitable giving, you'd like to give regularly, perhaps £5 a month or £10 a month, um, then do also let us know on the back of that sheet. Um, just let us know our staff can ring you and they can kind of set that up kind of over the phone. So um, that's um, uh, if, if that's something you'd like to, to do. But it's just been great to be with you this morning. I will continue to pray for you. This centre means a lot to me, um, probably more than I could express, uh, partly because I'm from South London and I see the need but also partly because I know the journey that this leadership team has taken. I know the step of faith. I know the struggle to pull the money together. I was involved in those discussions. I know the struggle that happened when Ofsted come. But do you know what? When God is for us, then who can be against us? In fact, we don't have to fight that hard. We just step back. And the battle belongs to the Lord. And that's been the journey of this church. And it's wonderful to be joined journeying with you. God bless you all. And thank you. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.